When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. And I want to introduce you to Lizzie Hale. She's an actual Betches Bride fan who is actively planning their wedding. It's my goal to help guide them through the process with practical tips and expert insights. Lizzie, how are you? I'm so great. I'm so excited to chat with you. <laughs> I've been obsessed with the podcast ever since I got engaged, and this is like a dream. Well, we are we are here to make dreams come true. We are very grateful to have you on the show. Thank you for taking time out of your day and your busy wedding planning. You have a wedding this year, right? Yes. Yeah, so we're getting married this summer in August. So excited. I can't believe it's less than five months away. I feel like we've had so much time and then all of a sudden now it's no time. <laughs> that's that's kind of how the planning process goes. And even your day, it's going to be a lot like that. Like it'll be slow and chill and you're drinking champagne and then all of a sudden everything happens. You're walking down the aisle. You're married. It's all a sudden thing. So tell us a little bit more about that August 12th date it sounds like you picked from a Taylor Swift for Taylor Swift song. Talk to me. A yeah, little bit about that. <laughs> a little bit. So we, um, I'm a huge. I love the summer. I, it's, we've always wanted to have a summer wedding, and then as we were figuring out confirming our venue and the actual date, um, we were just trying to figure out if it would made sense for July or August. And uh, I'm a huge, huge Taylor Swift fan. Um, there will be lots of Taylor Swift at the wedding, um, and. Uh, August by Taylor Swift is one of my top favorite songs. And uh, my fiance knows that I play it all the time. And it actually <laughs> was the song he played when he proposed to me, knowing that it was one of my favorite songs. Aww. And so when we were thinking about wedding, we were like, oh, maybe we should do it in August. It's sort of like a full circle moment. Sold. So you can find your inspiration from anywhere, folks. And Taylor, <laughs> if you're listening, you've got a fan. August 12th, she really does it. have a fan. I'm seeing her in concert this Saturday before my wedding. I was like, hey, my now. biggest worry was that she was going to have her tour date in LA the weekend of my wedding. And I was going to have to choose my wedding or Taylor. Interesting. I'm, I'm glad you didn't have to choose. That would <laughs> yeah. be tricky. Um, so right now you have about 150, 160 people and you both live in Los Angeles and you're getting married in LA. Tell me a little bit more about your venue. Yeah. So um, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. My fiance is from Orange County and uh, always really important to me because I've been to a few weddings already in my life, sort of getting married in my mid thirties and love all the weddings that we've been to. But I think one of the things I've always like really cared about is sort of like the guest experience. And because my family is here, so many of my friends are here uh, my fiance's family is not so far and his friends are close. I was like, let's get married in LA. This is where our home is. This is where we're going to have our life. And, um, so many people who are from LA end up having weddings at other places. And so I've actually gotten so much positive feedback from our friends mm. and family being like, thank you for not making us drive two hours and like stay at a hotel all weekend for your wedding. Like, and we have, um, I lived in New York for seven years. So a lot of my friends are also out of state, but for them, it's so easy just to travel to LA, yeah. the easy flight that's always available. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I, I love when you're, it's a domestic destination for your New Yorkers and that way they're coming out to just play. I would say in the LA sunshine, but I think New York is getting much better weather than LA these days. Um, yes. so, <laughs> so a little bit more about your ceremony. It's a uh, Jewish-esque. You both yeah. are Jewish, but who's marrying you? <laughs> yeah. So we're both Jewish. Um, 
And I think like being culturally Jewish and like we're going to raise our family uh, in a Jewish household is really important, but we're not very religious. And so it was really important to us that people who really know us, you know, lead the ceremony and having sort of like a quick, fun, but loving ceremony was really important to us. So my two best friends are going to be officiating our wedding and we sort of chose them because they know me super well. They've seen Josh and I uh, come together and also will be their showmen. They're really good at like being in front of a crowd. They have that energy, but we'll be able to strike the perfect balance of like fun, entertaining, uh, emotional, but not too emotional, not too cringy, lovey-dovey and <laughs> romantic because that's not our vibe. Um, but it's still important to us to have some of the Jewish tradition. So we're going to still, you know, have sign a ketubah before our ceremony. We'll, you know, stomp on the glass and do the hora and some of those other sort of culturally relevant moments. Love that. And I love that you fact, you're kind of, I think I say pioneer a lot, but you have, you have a tradition, but you're tweaking it just a bit so it suits you. And I think that gives a lot of other um, nearlyweds that are listening kind of the permission to do your own thing. Like there's no one who's really setting the rules here um, about what this looks like and who has to officiate and and all of those touch points. Like yeah. pick and choose what you, what you want to lean into. Exactly. And I think that's like been our theme for our wedding. I, you know, the advice that I heard on this podcast is always like, you know, pick the three things that are the most important to you. And like the number one thing for us was just like, we want our wedding to really feel like us and uniquely mm. us. And so uh, that was just like the through line of every decision we made was like, Love. does this make sense for us? Is this a, like, will people be like, this is so Lizzie and Josh. And that's mm. everything we've thought about. Oh, that's a beautiful example of like leaning into your intention. Like, why are we doing this wedding? What's the kind of the through line is what you're saying. And it really does impact making those decisions and makes them easier because you can always go back to what did you say you're doing it for? Does it meet that? Is it in alignment with that? If not, let it ride. If it is, you got a decision. So that that's beautiful advice. So talk to me a little bit more about guest experience. It sounds yeah. like that's a, something that's really important to you. Super important to me. And I think that, you know, I want our day to be lovely for us. But I also think for me, part of having a wedding is for the people who are attending your wedding. Like I want them to leave being like, that was the best wedding ever. Like that was so Lizzie and Josh. I am so happy. And I think part of that just comes from the fact that we've been to so many weddings and I've had mm -hmm. great experiences and then experiences where like I left the wedding being like, oh, like, you know, hmm. why did I end up having to like clean up all the dishes? Like I didn't know, I didn't Whoa. have that expectation. What? I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, we got to put a pin in that. <laughs> Has that actually happened or are you just, are you playing with me? No, there's been multiple different situations of various different weddings we've been to where we've had to lead in in ways that we did not expect to have to lead in. And, you know, love all of our friends and all of that stuff. But my big thing for my wedding is like, I want everyone to know what they're signing up for, what their expectations mm. are. And the day of the wedding to like, again, be stressless. Like I'm all about stressless experience for everyone. And so um, I want them to be able to like walk away feeling like, you know, that was like really thoughtful. Like I feel like I was like valued in coming to this wedding and they really thought about me. Okay. And when you're thinking of this guest experience, what what are some things or questions that you have right now that you're really trying to tinker with, that you're not sure which way to go? Talk to me. Yeah. I think one of the big things we've been thinking about a lot is, um, so our the hotel where people are going to be staying is five minutes away from our wedding venue. It's very close. And so one of the things we've been trying to think about, though, is should we rent shuttles for to bring people over to the venue? Probably around 60 to 70% of the people coming to the wedding will be staying at the hotel, if not more. Um, and just thinking about in LA, obviously there are Ubers everywhere. It's super easy to get an Uber, but it also can really set a precedent if you like mm. have a bad Uber driver or maybe you get dropped off at the wrong place, like the wrong corner because we're having people enter through a certain 
like corner mm-hmm. of the venue. And so if they get dropped off at the wrong place, then they end up calling me and I'm the bride. And I'm like, why are all these people calling me? It's because they got dropped off in the wrong place. And then also thinking, you know, again, the wedding is in LA. It's very in Hollywood. And at the end of the night at like midnight, I don't necessarily want people to be like waiting on the corner of like Sunset Boulevard trying to get an Uber when there's like maybe saucy. Yeah, exactly. And so it's a huge investment, but I also think it could be a huge ad, like value ad to have that sort of like smooth experience for our guests of like, I just walk out of my hotel, I go to the event, then the shuttle takes me back to the hotel where the after party is going to be. And it's like super lovely. But I also am like, we're in LA. It's really easy to go Uber. Is it worth spending all of this money? I think you kind of answered your question. The pros that you gave and the cons that you gave made me understand the decision. <laughs> I I mean, understanding price, of course. I always like transportation. Provided. Yeah. I'm, I'm a soft life kind of girl. And if you can, like you're saying, you're setting the stage and you're setting the precedent. Once they're picked up, they feel taken care of. It's less thinking that they have to do. They know they're going to the right place because this bus is going to the place I need it to go to. Yeah. And so maybe I can, you know, I can take a deep breath. I can relax. And like you're saying, LA is just a bustling city. And to give them that peace of mind and that ease and experience, I 100% vote always transportation. Okay. That makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, when you're thinking of a guest experience, take it from what you would like to experience as well. Like, wouldn't you want someone to pick you up? And yeah, take you no, that's, no, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And that's why I've been like, that's what I would want. And like, am I, you know, continually going over budget? And so like trying to figure out ways we can cut things, but then not cut the guest experience mm-hmm. has been, I think, really hard. But I think people would probably much rather transportation than us giving them a welcome back at the hotel, probably. I 100% agree. Um, quality over quantity always. And if you can lean, I always say one of your priorities has to be the guest experience because if you can make someone feel really comfortable and relaxed, it will only make the rest of the details that much more monumental. It might be a really basic piece of chicken, but the fact that they're at ease and didn't have a terrible experience with transportation makes that chicken taste like it was Michelin star. So (laughs) it changes the game when you're you're leaning into what the guest is feeling and sensing at all times. Um, So I think you're on, on the right way. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Speaking of chicken... And Michelin star. Talk to me about your formalities and your dinner. And are you doing family sit down or talk to me about that? So we're big foodies. We love food. Um, And that was like our big, our three priorities for our wedding was one, making sure it felt uniquely us. Two was food. And three was music and dancing. Those were like our big three. We like that's all I really care about at the Word. end of the day with the guest experience sort of as the through line uh, across all of them. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but so our, for our food, we're doing family style Italian. So we're having oh. salads, pastas, pizzas. It's like what? And yes. It's like the dream. And it's also perfect when you're a little drunk and a little tipsy and you? gives you the fuel to dance all night long. And so I'm, I haven't been to a wedding that's done that where it's sort of like not as formal of like meat and potatoes family style. And so I'm really excited (laughs) to like do something that will like taste really good. And people will leave being like, that's exactly what I want to eat at dinner is like 
some With pizza Taylor Swift bumping in the background. Yes. <laughs> this is this is event. Yeah. So what are you? What are your questions on kind of like timeline, run of show? Yeah. How to piece so, that together? Yeah. So that's been the thing that's been haunting me a little bit. And whenever I tell people about this, they're like, Lizzie, it's so silly. No one's gonna really care. And I was like, no, I really care about this. And I like, and like. I I care. And I also, again, it goes back to the guest experience of like, I don't want people to be annoyed that they're like standing and then sitting and then standing and then sitting or whatever it might be. Um, and so one of the things we've been thinking about, we're having a later wedding. So our ceremony is going to start at six because we wanted to make sure it wasn't too hot because uh, our whole wedding is outdoors. And so- Love. We're like, yeah, need to make sure it's not like, even the difference of 30 minutes of 5.30, I think will make- a huge will be a killer. Yeah. For yeah. Sure, 100%. And so, um, so that means like ceremony till six to six 30, then we do cocktail hour. So cocktail hour, then people, you know, going into the more reception area is more seven thirty, seven forty five. So knowing it'll be a little bit later, we will be serving, uh, food during cocktail hour. So it won't be like people will be going hungry, but it is a little bit later. So we've been really going back and forth about order of events from once we enter the reception. Should it be everybody finds their seat, they sit down, we do our grand entrance, do a welcome, and people start eating, we do speeches, all of that stuff, sort of finish the food experience. Then from there, sort of ramp up to the dancing and doing like our parent dances and then our first dance. I have like a, part of this is because I have a vision about our first dance if we wanna do we're still deciding our sort of official first song, but we'll do one minute of more of like a slower song. And then we are going to transition it into Love on Top by Beyonce because Say that's less. my all-time favorite second song. Second all-time after the August. Yeah, a second yes. all-time. Okay, cool, yes. cool. <laughs> no, uh, Beyonce and Taylor are my queen, so manifesting <laughs> one of them showing up at the wedding. Um, so we want to uh, transition to Love on Top, bring everybody onto the dance floor, uh, to dance with us. And then from there, do the Hora. So we'll have everybody on the dance floor because of love on top of the do the Hora. And then from there, just do dancing all night long. So that's like one version of it. The other- That's the version, but go ahead. I'll listen to the other one. <laughs> the other version. So I've, you know, been semi-influenced by stuff that I've seen on TikTok where a lot of people say, hey, if you want to have a really high energy wedding, you should start with a little bit of dancing and then do dinner and then do more dancing. And so the option would be us walking in, doing our grand entrance, first dance, love on top, the horror, two more dances, and then sitting down and doing dinner. But I feel like then dinner is not going to be till like 8, 8.15. It isn't. Yeah. I want wedding TikTok to go someplace and kind of die. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> I'm like, I wonder, is this TikTok person a wedding professional that knows about the catering and yes. knows that the catering is warming up the food and they have a timeline and that you're paying your staff hourly and they want to close down because we need to break down the tables. And as much as we want high energy, we don't want over budget. So yeah. saying that, hour and a half is what you should hold for dinner service generally. And I think you're in a good spot now with open up, walk in. I agree that you should just walk in, clap, clap, clap. Oh my God, we love you. You're also beautiful. I would omit the wedding party entrance moment. Yeah. We all know who they are. They're lovely people. Please find your (laughs) seats. Um, This moment is now about you. You guys walk in, you guys find your seats. Someone opens up, gives a toast, blesses the holla. We have a great time. Salad comes out. After salad is out, the first person gives a toast during the salad course. Salads are cleared or, t- or maybe the salad bowl stays on the table. Then the mains come, your pizzas, your pastas, and any other accoutrement comes. They replenish the wines. And then you run all of the remaining toast during that second course. Is dessert passed or is dessert so, stationed? So dessert's going to be um, later. We're not doing like a formal cake cutting or any of that stuff. So we're going to do my favorite dessert is churros. So we're going to have a churro <gasps> cart. I love a churro wedding. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> and again, that's like the most Lizzie thing. Like every, that's like what I am known for is that like when I get a churro, I take a selfie with my churro. And so, <laughs> oh my God, my soulmate, we're twins. 
So we're going to do um, a churro cart, and then we're also going to do my fiance's favorite dessert is cheesecake. So we're going to have like mini cheesecakes that would be passed around. But the churros are the winner. But, you know, making both people happy. It's like all collaboration. on the corner. All right. Yeah. So (laughs) so that probably will be served like like after dancing as sort of like it's out there. And then we're going to do – Another food, again, very important to us is that we're also doing a late night stack that's sort of a passed around late night stack of tacos for people too. Sold. Ooh, love. So I think you're, I love that run of show and that's generally how we like to do it. Get the dinner and the kind of the formality and the meat of everything, (laughs) pun intended, out of the way and then open the dance floor generally with your first dance, the parent dances, hora, because that itself gets people up and going. They're ready to move. Yeah, um, it's and it's like if you do want to edit that run of show or that timeline, always make sure you're connecting with your catering department first, just so you understand their flow and how things need to run just for their kitchen to yeah. be successful and the food to taste impeccable. Um, like dance sets in between sometimes just messes things up because they're like, do you want us to pass? Do you not want us to put food down? Do like so? There's a lot to think about, and I know you're already set, but for those listening. Really work with your catering team in tandem with creating your run of show so that way you understand all of the factors that are impacting by you wanting to do, you know, dancing on the table at the second course. Like that might be an issue for some people. But anyway, so. Yeah, no, I feel like that's like a cleaner version, right? It's like a cleaner storytelling where it's like, I always feel like it it ruins the vibe when you're like high energy and then you have to like sit down and you like bringing down the energy. Yeah. I'm like, I then I'm not going to want to eat. Like I'm I'm like, yo, F this pizza. I'm ready to go. So you want to give people the moment to let their bodies digest and also work with the person, your musician, or if there's a certain talent, work with them to see maybe, because you don't want the music to be its own dullness. You want the music to start to get, maybe it's not a true dance hit, but it's like, it get people's shoulders moving at a yeah. And maybe when we're getting to the pizza and the shoulders are bopping and they're getting ready, you're preparing them for the takeoff, essentially. Yeah, I yeah. love that. We have a really great band that I'm really excited about. So yeah. I feel like we'll be able to do like some of the Motown hits and stuff during dinner and then we can work exactly. our way into the Beyonce moment. There you go. You gotta lead <laughs> up, lead up. Um, all right. In the same vein of kind of your run of show and the reception, you have a worry on your hand about some of these people speaking. Talk to yeah, me. Yeah. I, I think it's just more of, so again, been to a lot of weddings and I think a lot of the time I think, because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, you just have to do speeches. I'm like, no, actually, many times, like, the speeches have been some of my favorite parts of weddings. And I think they're, like, really can be beautiful and impactful because you get to learn something about somebody you thought you knew really well. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, this is so great. Or they can also leave a really big cloud over the wedding if somebody says something that they think is funny but is not actually funny or, you know, all of those things. Um, And so trying to figure out how to ensure that we get the best moments and we don't leave the wedding being like, oh, you know, so-and-so said something that they thought was really funny, but actually really hurts my feelings. And now instead of dancing all night long, I want to (laughs) cry. Oh no. Well, I think if you have that, that vision that they might even say something like that, I wouldn't invite them to speak in the first place. Um, you kind of, if, if there's a world in which that is a scenario, that is a possibility, they, I, I would say they shouldn't speak, but understanding yeah. this is the, you're, this is a major member of your family, yeah. if I'm not correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely like part of the, the family. Um, and so I think part of it is figuring out one of the solutions you're we thinking about is maybe doing, having some family members speak at the welcome dinner versus at the actual wedding so that they still have that moment, but maybe it's not the day day. day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately rehearsal or welcome is the best place. I would say to put a meat, uh, the majority of your toast. So that way generally it's just a light lift and it's the good ones that are anchoring your day. So I would, I think you're on the right track with pushing as many as you can to yeah. rehearsal day, welcome day. So that way they have their own space. It's a more casual environment. 
maybe so-and-so had a little too much tequila. Who cares? It's yeah. fine. We're all having a great time. Yeah, yeah. And on wedding day, generally what I suggest is also something to consider is you can hire a speechwriter or oh. you can point them in the right direction of a speechwriter to assist with writing. Not just someone can help you write your speech, someone can help you write your vows. Um, or you can have basically someone look over the speech prior to saying, hey, we're just trying to review everything. I know that's a little bit harder to do when someone – they may write something and then create something wholly new on the day. But anyway, <laughs> I also say think of your strongest personalities yeah. that are really great and entertaining for your wedding. So that way maybe you're opening with – maybe the more emotional person goes first. Yeah. And you're closing your speeches with maybe the person that has a little bit more humor and is really charismatic and knows how to work a room. So even think of the programming and how you're piecing the people together – so that as you're trying to get the party started, you're putting the people in place to speak to assist with that mission. Totally. That, that makes sense. <laughs> so I think that I'm curious your thoughts too on like, I think right now we are thinking about for the actual wedding of having four speeches, two from my side, two from his side. Do you think that that and limiting as much as possible for them to yes. be two to three minutes long? Yes. Do you think that that is already too many and we should try to even cut it down to less? I think it's fine just putting them back to back is ideal. Yeah. Um, that's why I generally say use your courses as that space holder. So once guests walk in and find their seats, you're letting your either someone who's blessing, maybe the friends or the father of the bride is usually the owner of that title. Yeah. Um, as the person who speaks and opens the show and is the welcomer. And then- I say I usually put like a mom or I'll put, you know, the bridesmaids in the middle. Yeah. And then I don't know, for some reason, some of my guys, I'm sorry, ladies, but some of my my groomsmen and best men kind of know how to take it home. And yeah. I usually put them at the end. And then before we open the dance floor, we do some type of thank you from the both of you as a couple yeah. to say, thank you so much for schlepping this way. We love you. Usually I'm tag teaming this with your cake cutting. Like you cut the cake, yeah. we move cake out of the way. You guys are just saying thank you. And then your song comes on, you walk right into your first dance and nail it. Um, I think four is totally fine. Just put them back to back so they don't have the ability to linger and impact your dancing time. Totally. That's a great, a great idea. And I feel like we can figure out the right way. And I love the idea of starting off with like the more emotional sentiment and like working its way up to the more like fun, humorous, higher energy story. Yeah, yeah I think you're you're going to have so much fun. This is going to be great. Um, <laughs> but I think you're on your way to feeling good. You've got a few little things to tweak here and there. And I'm excited that you're leaning into your guest experience. And just a, another general um, point here is you were asking about how to make the reception feel personal and unique and adding these special touches. And all I want to say to you there is don't overthink it. Um, I think you're thinking a lot about a lot of other people. And I would say, you've done enough, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you need to hear that, right? I feel like I'm constantly always in the back of my head being like, is there something else I could be doing to make people happier? And it's like, I need to not worry as much about other people Mm. all the time. Would you say you you suffer from the disease to please? I think it's a, a mix of... Maybe not necessarily because I think I've gotten over a lot of like the people pleasing, but I think it's a more like highly sensitive, like I'm Mm. just like very sensitive and in tune with other people's emotions and it can like affect me. So when I can, Mm -hmm. I can sense that somebody is like annoyed or side eyeing, I'm like taking that onto myself of like, oh, did I do something that like affected that side eye? Mm, you and I are very similar, darling. Well, that's an interesting – that's going to pivot us right into an expert that I have for you that can help us dig deeper into kind of our own internal thoughts and how they impact our decisions. And the wedding planning process alone is so stressful, adding on being an empath or a people pleaser or any other type of person that cares what other people think and or say it will impact your life greatly and probably keep you up at night. Yes. So we're going to get an expert on to, to allow you to get some sleep, Lizzie. I would love that. <laughs> and now it's time to ask our expert. 
Each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. Today, I have Allison Raskin joining us. Allison is an American writer, director, comedian, YouTuber, podcaster, and mental health advocate, and self-proclaimed emotional support lady. <laughs> Allison, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm so excited to be here. We were just talking about how I'm also getting married in August, and so <laughs> the pressure is real. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you have an absolutely delightful perspective. You're in the hot seat, but you also have probably a few more tools on how to navigate when the anxieties of planning and trying to make sure everyone is feeling good around you. Talk to us a little bit more about what you've experienced and if you can give any tips to Lizzie on her in pathways. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I find that one of the most helpful ways when I'm worried or someone is worried about how they will be perceived is to think about who's going to be at your wedding, right? Like the people that will be at your wedding are the people that love and care about you. And so I try really hard to surround myself with people where like, even if things don't go exactly right or aren't the way that they would do it, there is this sense of they're here for me. They're here to celebrate your relationship. And it's not like you're going on a roast, you know, <laughs> this is meant to be a joyous event. And I think a lot of, of what people will pick up on more than anything is your energy that day, right? And that feels like something that you want to protect and nourish. And if you can go into the day with a sense of my purpose here is to have a lovely celebration of my love. Instead of my purpose here is that everyone gets the exact right amount of appetizers and then the cake is cut at the exact right time, you know, sort of like looking big picture, I think can help a lot. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like that's where I'm trying as much as I can to like let go of these things. But then at the moment, I feel like I've released it. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, what if I like walk in and, you know, I've spent all this money and it's not the thing that I've dreamed of and like all of those sort of like momentary things. But I think it's hard to, I think there's the, the empath in me and then also the sort of like, uh, maybe it's not control freak necessarily, but it's more of the like, I want, you know, we've, invested all this money. I want it the way I want it because we've put in all this thing. And I've sort of had a lot of my um, nightmares and fears have been obviously exaggerated versions of what could happen. But like the sort of idea that we've put so much into this wedding that like the pressure I feel for it to be executed exactly the way we want it to be. I'm probably going to say something that you're not going to like, but it won't be exactly no, the way I that know, you I want it to be. No, no, I think that's it was the, Allison, not me. It was Allison who said it, not me. No, and that's when every one of my friends who have gotten married, they're like, the biggest, you know, advice I can give you is to know that, like, it's not going to be perfect. And I'm like, I know. I know that. And, like, what do I need to do to, like, make my brain comprehend that and, like, make peace with that? Like, months before the wedding. So day of the wedding, none of that actually affects my mood. And you only you know what the wedding could have been anyway. Yes, that's <laughs> so true. Like, <laughs> so I think um, as someone who's had anxiety since um, she was four years old, uh, a way that I've learned to really deal with my anxiety is to recognize it as a feeling in my body and not a problem that needs to be solved. Yes. <laughs> so I think that maybe what's happening is that this is a huge life event. This is bringing up a lot of feelings for you, which is totally normal. I mean, even if you had $5 million to do the perfect wedding and you're someone that leans towards being anxious, you're going to feel anxiety in your body around this. And so I think from what I'm hearing from you, when you feel that level of anxiety, you go to problem solving mode, right? And yes. it's like, how do I fix this? How do I prevent that? How do I... And I would encourage you to instead go, huh, I'm feeling anxious right now. That makes sense because I'm planning a wedding. <laughs> Do you know? No, yes. No, it's like the um, – I think they're also one of the big things that I've sort of learned about myself through this wedding planning process is that 
because of where sort of I am in my career of being a leader that like I always am sort of going being solutions oriented. That's like a big mm-hmm. thing. I pride myself as like a human being and mm-hmm. but realizing that like, you know, I've hired a wedding planner. This is literally their job to do this. Like it's not why I hired her was so I wouldn't have to yes. worry about these things. And so it's say like, it for the say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> you hire the wedding planner so they do their job. You hired them wow. so they know how to do it. What and a so, thought. <laughs> shout out to my lovely wedding planner Claire at Grit and Grace. She's amazing. And so and I feel like I've tried, you know, as much as I can, but I, I love that idea of instead of going into, I need to find a solution. It's just like, I'm just anxious. That's just the truth. Accepting that truth and not trying to find a way to solve it. Yeah. And to, and to focus instead on like, what can I do to calm my nervous system down right now? Instead of what can I do to perfect my wedding? So like Mm. thinking about things like you know, going for a long walk and listening to a podcast, making sure that you're just like caring for your mind and your body in those ways of like sleep hygiene, if you're able to, and and making sure you're literally eating enough. <laughs> like, they, like basic care is going to help regulate you. And then also just this, for me, it's so powerful to be like, this doesn't mean anything other than I'm anxious. Like there's nothing for me to do. (laughs) I like honestly appreciate that so much because just like hearing somebody give me the permission to feel that way and not need to go and do something is really nice. So thank you for just saying that. I treat it like a cold. I'll be like, oh, I'm having an anxious day the way I would say like I'm having allergies or I'm having, you know, like some days your brain is just operating in an attempt to protect you, but you kind of have to say, I get why you're doing this, but it's not actually very helpful right now. (laughs) And I feel like I've definitely got into modes of like, when I have those anxious moments, I'm like, I need to control as much of the things I can control. And I'm going to make all these different color coded lists and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, why? No, it's the opposite opposite of saying like, oh, I, I recognize this feeling and, and, oh, I have a wedding planner. I am getting married. I've done everything I need to do. So this feel it's like it's like when the fire alarm is going off, but there's no fire. Yeah, is like a way to think about it. I think that it is the perfect analogy. And I think that that's like, you know, my fiance, who is the most lovely human being ever, is always the one who's just like, it's all OK. It's fine. I'm like, no, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he's like, you know, maybe you. Go listen to Taylor Swift for a moment. I think you'll be. <laughs> That's exactly what you should do. <laughs> yes. And I also think that it can be really helpful in these few months to not just think about the wedding, but to think about the marriage, right? Because the wedding is one day and it's great and it's exciting. But what you're really doing is you're setting yourself up for a marriage. And that is like what's truly like transformative and exciting and thrilling. And so – putting some energy into that and what you want your marriage to look like and what you know, like what you want to build together. Um, If you want your mind to sort of like, sometimes we need things to think about. I'd kind of encourage you to think about that instead of the details of one day of your life. No, I think that that's really true. I think that that's where it's hard when you understand sort of like the monetary element of all of this. And you're like, you go back to the like, why am I spending so much money on one day? And so I feel like I'm always going to like, well, I need to make sure that it's all going to use, but it's ultimately, again, also just one day. And so like making sure that I'm not like, you know, stressing myself out to the end, nth degree just for one day. Totally. Yeah. And that day is about celebration. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what it's about. And that's day. what I want everybody to experience at my wedding too. Like that's like the vision that I have is everyone being so lighthearted and just like dancing and having fun together. And I want it to be like a very joyous day. And so however I can just like let go of mine so I can be a part of it too and set that precedent is like really, really what I want to get to. And you'll get there. That comes from you. That comes from you having a great time. Like I think we've all been to weddings where we see the couple having a great time. And that's what you remember more than Mm -hmm. the details of like their wedding cake or what their invitations looked like. Yes. Yes. The last thing you can control is everyone else's mood. Mm -hmm. The only thing you can control is yours. And if if you control yours and make sure you're having the time of your life, then honey, that's all you can do. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think that that it's like making sure that you have the vibe you bring is the vibe that like you'll set. Yeah. And again, I think it's like ultimately like the napkins are not the right shade white. You're right. No one's gonna know what the actual shade of white. And if they can't <laughs> and also if they care so much, like this is really ugly, that it's like, okay, well then like I don't really want you to be in my life post this wedding if you cared so much Precisely. about the, the color of my napkins. Precisely. Regarding other emotions, I would say the process other than anxiety, at some points it can bring sadness. It can bring different types of emotion. Yeah. Do you also suggest kind of, because I think I, I even suffer from this myself. I have a hard time just experiencing my emotion and not trying to edit it. Mm -hmm. What permission are you giving other people just to like, if you're having a sad day because something didn't go the way you wanted and you're disappointed, how to acknowledge it, how to kind of be in it and move past it? The hard part about feelings is you have to feel them. Um, I, I, <laughs> that part. I wish we had opt out, but that's always my way. It's like, how can I distract myself from this current feeling to feel exactly. something else? Right. Exactly. And unfortunately, that just sort of prolongs it. Um, I think that one of the, the best um, routines that we can get into is allowing ourselves to feel the feeling. And I like to sort of even visualize the letting the feeling pass through me, right? So like by allowing it to fully exist, by allowing us to say, okay, what does it mean that like I am so sad that, you know, this good friend of mine can't attend the wedding or something has happened that I, I didn't want to have happen or even just the come down of, I imagine what it's like the week after when you've been so excited for this event and now it's over, you know, like acknowledging that feeling, not avoiding it, and then also recognizing that no feeling lasts forever. Mm. So like the emotional state that you're in will end and it will yeah. end quicker when you let yourself fully, you know, go into it to let it envelope you to an extent and then you can like kind of like breathe it out of you. Um that said, I don't think that we have to feel all of our feelings all of the time in inappropriate moments, right? So like something that I think is really wonderful about emotional regulation, which was something I really had to work on in my life, is emotional regulation isn't about that you don't feel emotions. It's that you have more control over when you feel them and to what level you feel them. So, you know, if you have like a really stressful conversation, you know, with a family member about the wedding, you might want to kind of stay calm in that moment because heightening your emotions or letting out the anger or letting out it, it won't serve you in that relationship or that issue. But then letting yourself once you're off the phone call or once you have a moment to yourself, that's when you really let yourself process it. That's when you grieve it. That's when you can kind of vent it out to your fiance, you know, yeah. like it's, it's really being able to pick when it serves us the best to fully feel the emotion and then remember that no matter what, it will not last forever, which is always yeah. a great mm. relief to me. Yeah, that's Agreed. really helpful. I think that's one of the, I think one of the other sort of feelings that I think I've been trying and maybe part of sort of the over indexing on the stress and trying to perfect everything is also the fact that like I my mom had passed away when I was in high school and she obviously would not be at the wedding and I think knowing that and knowing mm -hmm. that that might make me really sad the day of my wedding I just like I think I've been pushing that aside trying to like not think about all of that I mean that makes so much sense to me I mean I like if you were to say that like you've had no confused or mixed feelings around your wedding when your mom's gone, that wouldn't, that would be strange. Like it, it makes so much sense that this is such a complicated day for you because so much of the imagery that we grow up with around weddings have mm. to do with mothers and family and the passing and the, and the com combining of families and, I had a really good friend whose mother passed away like about a year, year and a half before her wedding. And I know that that was such a big fear for her. But then the day of, so much is happening. There's so much joy. Like all the people you love are there that I think the day of she was able to really tap into that joy. 
But the lead up, there is that loss. There's no ignoring that loss. And I think if it's helpful for you to think about, you know, what would she want this experience to be for you? I think it is one of joy, but you also have to allow for the grief as well. Totally. So I'm so sorry. I didn't even think I was going to cry. I think I just probably I would. hadn't actually expressed I, that I, I would too. I would definitely. I would have cried the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's like, I really love that feeling of just like knowing that you need to like feel it and, you know, envisioning it going through you. And then also knowing that like it also will pass. So even if there is a moment of being sad the day of, it doesn't mean that I can't also be happy at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, it's being able to hold both those things at once. Yeah. Wow. Oh, this is beautiful. Lizzie, I feel like we had a breakthrough. I know. I like <laughs> feel like there's obviously something that I hadn't touched into and then like this I brought it out so. of me. And so I feel how freeing it's gonna be to I know. I feel like this was like a very freeing moment. I'm like oh, feel like you both were my therapist yeah. for like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Go home and feel some more, girl. advise like as other of our couples have been on have lost parents and just alone the financial monetary investment of this is it's touching on a lot of different points Mm -hmm. do you advise a therapist to kind of tag team maybe while you're planning or what what are some other tools that maybe they can use especially if they don't have a planner to kind of navigate this this path when they might be doing it solo so I'm actually I'm writing a book about marriage right now, and wow, one wow. Of the, <laughs> and like one of the central thesis of the book is that if you're able to, with obviously you know monetary restrictions, time restrictions, but if you're someone that's in a place where you actually can do premarital counseling, that is such a great resource. And I think we have this idea around um, couples counseling that there has to be a problem or that you have to be close to breaking up or there's like real conflict. But this is not that. This is like um, preventative care for your relationship, right? And so it can be really only a few sessions where you kind of just go over the major things, making sure that you're aligned on stuff like Also, just sort of figuring out, like, how can I help support you during this time, right? I mean, uh, the grief that you're feeling around the wedding is probably something that your fiancé really wants to be there for you about, but ultimately it is your grief, right? And so, like, that in itself can be such a complicated thing for a couple, right, where, like, you're just having two very different experiences of life. And so sort of having a neutral third party there to sort of like create a safe space, even just to like have a time in your calendar where you have to talk about these things can be really helpful because it's uncomfortable to be like, well, I guess we should, we should talk about, you know, what this means to us. Like when, (laughs) who leads that conversation, who, you know, so I really think that that premarital counseling is a great resource. Unfortunately, it's expensive and it's, you know, um, a privilege in a lot of ways, but if it's something you can do, it's great. And then there are also just some other resources out there like that are, that people have created for couples to sort of go through and ask these questions of each other, you know, without a third party there, that's, um, just to have those conversations. But I always say like, there's this expectation in society that, you intrinsically know how to partner with another person and that that's something that should come easily. Right. But like, how (laughs) you're combining, (laughs) you're combining two different people with completely different backgrounds, with completely different internal worlds, different instincts, different coping skills. And then the, they have to figure each other out. Like there's a learning Mm -hmm. process to that. And, and, um, acknowledging that it's not something that is supernatural and that like you do have to like really put into the time and thought of like, okay, what does my partner want when they're upset? Because it's not what I want when I'm <laughs> upset, yeah. you know? Um, and allowing for that work and expecting that work instead of seeing it as like, oh, this must mean that 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 we have one of those hard relationships. That's every yeah. relationship. But I also think it's understanding who you are Mm -hmm. and like Lizzie is having this experience like 
understanding what makes you tick solely and yeah. all right, like owning who you are. And it's like maybe even therapy sessions on your own to identify who you are as a being to better understand yourself and what you kind of need. Cause I know as fellow empath to fellow empath, <laughs> a lot of my life has been lived trying to be my best self for other people mm-hmm. that I have a whole identity issue of what do I even like? Cause I've tried to like so many different things for so many other people. And with, especially with your grief, understanding what are you experiencing in your own story right now before you're able to even partner with someone and have a couple's moment to say, what are we doing together? But couples therapy is also, I agree, Allison. Cause some people know, don't know how to plan a wedding. They sure don't know how to be married either. So we don't <laughs> set up. And, and, um, but, um, Speaking of, Allison, are there any other tips that you would give? Or Lizzie, are there any questions that you have um, or other things that have been on your mind that you'd love to bring to Allison's doorstep today? Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the other things I've been thinking about is like, what can I do the day of the actual wedding to make sure that I'm as present and living in the moment as possible? And so- I've already started thinking about a few strategies. Again, shout out to my uh, wedding planner for some of these as well of like, um, you know, I don't want to get a million random text messages from our guests the day of being like, what time does the wedding start again? What, where are we supposed to get dropped? Blah, blah, blah. So I, I'm thinking of just giving my phone to um, my friend who is a used to work in uh, programming and events. And so he can talk with the wedding, my wedding planner. He can talk to my friends and like, he knows exactly when there's like a level of when to escalate something to me. But like, otherwise (laughs) he like can know the answers to everything. And like, I don't need to like talk to anyone until I want to. And so that's one of the things I've thought about. But if there's like other things you both think could be helpful in like again, staying present and enjoying the moment instead of thinking of all the things I need to do to, or if there are problems, like just avoiding having to think about any of those things. Because as we know, it won't be perfect. And I don't want to know about it not being perfect. Like, I just don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I think of, I think something I've seen people do that is a, I, I really like is, is sending out an email to everyone that's attending with the number of your wedding planner. And to say, hey, if you have any questions about the event, you know, we are going to be busy getting ready and enjoying it, but you can direct any questions to your wedding planner. And so that is sort of just like, oh, your wedding planner or even that friend, right? Like, you know, where it's like you're putting out that boundary of like, please do not contact me today. And here are some resources (laughs) for you (laughs) to choose your adventure. Yes. 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 Yeah. Definitely send out something a month, usually a month before. Yeah. Even I've been fine with that like a week before so people have yeah. it fresh in their head that like, oh, I shouldn't bother the bride. <laughs> yeah. m- m- but I'm saying month before is when you're going into bride mode. Any questions oh, that yes. they have from here on out should be going to your wedding planner That's at so that true. point in yes. time a yeah. month yes. before. And I feel like and- we've been trying as much as we can to put as much information on the wedding website, but I also have, mm-hmm. you know, it was on the save the debt. No one looks at a wedding website. It's no like now I've realized like that was the biggest waste <laughs> of my life of like trying to make this look like so I resourceful. <laughs> I because we're planners, right? So we want to look, but it's like most people, I was like, oh, they're like, no one has looked at any of the like yeah. frequently asked questions that I put on this lovely <laughs> website. So that's another thing is I think in your head, you're viewing it as I'm a bad bride if I don't get back to everybody right away. Yeah. But I would view it as they're a bad guest if they're bothering me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that reframe of like, they're acting inappropriately. It's not like it's my responsibility to get back to everyone. And then I that's also amazing. Think, right? <laughs> that's that's how I operate my whole life. It's like I'm like, well, they're acting wrong, so it's not on me to <laughs> act correctly because they're they're being weird. <laughs> um, and then I also think really um, building out your morning to put you in a place of calm right? And like excitement. So uh, when my sister got married, like we had breakfast before with the family and like that was like such a lovely time for us. And so I think really thinking about not just getting ready in terms of like, I got to get to my hair and my makeup, I got to do this, but like also building in fun 
points to getting ready. So like building in a really lovely breakfast, making sure that you actually eat that breakfast in case you're not able to eat the rest of the day. Like that should be like a really important meal that day is like be filled up, have your coffee if you drink coffee, like – you know, coffee like, in the IV. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And, and ha- make sure you have foods that you like. Make sure you have, you know, drinks you're looking forward to. And then think about the vibe of like where you're getting ready. You know, like having some music playing. Surround yourself with your friends. Like that on, is Taylor. part of the day too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And so as I, long as you can enjoy that part, it it just it rolls into the rest of it. Yeah. I think when we're creating run of shows, that's the first question I ask our couples is, what do you like to do? Do you have a ritual? Do you already have a routine? Are you a yoga person? Do you need time to meditate? And also something I find extremely important is, especially with a larger bridal party, always have a second room that you can escape to if necessary. Mm -hmm. So the room that maybe your dress is in or the suits or whatever, make sure that there's one room where you can go in and close the door and no one else has access to. Hair and makeup should be taking place in a whole nother thing because there's a lot of energy that happens in that time and you don't realize it, but sometimes you might just need to go take a, a quick cry session or just, just to collect your thoughts and it gets spicy. So just make sure you're giving yourself some dedicated space to be yourself if you need to. Yeah, that's um, great. We have and a- tell your planner who is that person to call if you're having in a breakdown moment. <laughs> I always say, I always say who's my who's my person. Whether it's a because sometimes it's not always your traditional moms, aunts, whatever. It's it is your best friend from so and so. Who's yeah. my homie that I can call? Yeah, no, I think that that's like the environment that I really wanted. I feel like so lucky that like my like bridal party and all that they all have known each other and so it's not like there's going to be like this weird vibe of like people who've never met and are meeting for the first time at the wedding and so it's like I feel like it's going to be like a throwback vibes to like us in college where we were all just like getting ready for a big night out and so I feel like if I can like channel that energy it will make me so happy but yeah our getting ready space is going to be at our hotel and the suite that I have is like has a sliding door that closes off the bedroom so I can like love it (laughs) <laughs> go in there if I need like a moment of peace. I love and that. I, I think the other thing that like I'm having to remind myself, like, cause my bachelorette is coming up and I, I said something about like, well, I just hope everybody has fun. And someone was like, no, all that matters is that you have fun. I know. I've seen, and oh my is- God. That's literally my friend. I like, I was telling, that's so funny. Cause I literally, every time I talk to my friends about my bachelorette, I'm like, okay, like I was, I'm going to take care of this and I'm going to do this. And they're like, Lizzie, like, it's for you. You don't right. have to take care of everything. Like let us do like it. You don't need to worry about it. Like it's not about us having fun. It's about you having fun. I was like, well, me having fun is you having fun. I'm like, we could go around mm. this in circles. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's learning. And this sounds like like you shouldn't have to learn it, but we really do. It's learning. How do we accept love? Like how yeah. do we let people just show up for us and love us and make our day special instead of I have to show up for them because this really is like this unique, wonderful moment in your life where like you're allowed to just be there for you. You don't need to be showing up for anyone other than your future spouse. And so like getting to a place of like in your mind, like even doing some visualizations like, okay, so what will it mean if like my friends bring me food and then I don't bring them food back, (laughs) right? And like that can cause discomfort. I was like, no, keep going. I was, oh. I'm just like, we have to. Okay. You know, and like, um, and just like preparing yourself for those moments, preparing yourself for moments that in regular life would maybe cause you discomfort or make you feel like a bad friend or bad person. And then remembering that like, no, this is your day. And, and there are different rules today. Wow. I love, I love that. that. It's like so, so helpful. And I really appreciate that. I feel like that's going to like really, especially my bachelorette's like in two months. So I feel like I can really use that immediately. Yay. Bachelorette time <laughs> practice. You're going to use it to practice. Lizzie, you are on your way to a successful day. Allison, thank you so much for helping us here. But that is it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Lizzie, where can folks follow along with your wedding journey? Oh, they could follow me um, on Instagram at Lizzie Hale, um, L-I-Z-Z-Y-H-A-L-E. There's a rock star with the same name, so I'm not the rock star. I'm the normal person. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> <laughs> and Allison, lovely, where can uh, folks follow you? 
Yeah, so I have a weekly podcast called Just Between Us. And then you can also follow me on my name on socials. And then my mental health arm is called Emotional Support Lady on Instagram and Substack. And then if I could do one final plug, I do have a book called Overthinking About You, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and or Depression. That's available wherever books are sold. Awesome. Wow. All right. So follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and till death do us part. Betches.